in the book of Second First Samuel. The Bible says that there was a king by name Saul. And the Bible says that there was a spirit. Now, whenever you study the um, the Jewish books, one of the things the Jews did was that everything that happened was orchestrated by God. And mostly when you are studying those parts of the Bible, you need to be guided. To them, anything bad was caused by God. Anything good was caused by God. That was their belief. Because the Jews believed that they had a special relationship with God. And anything that happened to them was permitted by God. Now, the Bible says that there was a distressing spirit that will come upon this man by name Saul. Saul, at this time, was the king of Israel. But the Bible says that one of his servants said that he knows a man who is skillful in playing the harp. And if the king will call him to play the harp, he will be of a help. So the Bible says that the man Saul sent to Jesse, the father of David, to send David to him. And the Bible says that whenever the distressing spirit from God, because they believe that it was from God, then this man by name David will play the harp and he will become calm. That was the first and foremost assignment of David in the life of Saul. At this time, he had not killed Goliath. Because what I'm saying is chapter 16. He killed Goliath in chapter 17, stood in front of the king Saul in chapter 18. <clears throat> After he had played the harp, the Bible says in chapter 17, that the armies of the Philistines gathered to fight. So now the Philistines gathered their armies to battle and were gathered at Soko, which belongs to Judah. They encamped between Soko and Azekah in Ephes Damim. And Saul, some of you have not met these words in the Bible before. And Saul and the men of Israel there's a type of preaching that is like storytelling. I love those type of preaching. And that's what we are doing now. Is it okay? There is no much time. That's why I'm doing it like this so that we can move on. Hello? Uh, have, you, have you read the story before? You have read the story before? As a Christian, you should be acquainted with some of these verses. Like if I say first Samuel chapter 10, you should remember what was said there. <laughs> you love the Rachel sepulchre. <laughs> now, the Bible says that Saul, if you were to give a little background of Saul, Saul was a very handsome man. The Bible says he was chosen to be the king because he was the most handsome man in Israel. I don't know how they look at it, but one of the signs is that 
He was shoulder high above everyone in Israel, meaning he was tall. In other words, if you compare, now I will not make a mistake. I want to go say, if you compare this and this, but this and that, this one is handsome. Yeah, because those days, they had their own way of judging things. If you, are, if you are not tall, don't have a problem with it. Nobody will go to heaven because he was tall. It's some of these things, it's something that we laugh about. So it shouldn't make you feel uncomfortable. Do you, do you understand? Listen to the message on excuses. One of them, <laughs> infirmities. <laughs> okay. So the Bible says that this man was shoulder high. Those days, they measure height by your shoulder, not by your head. Measuring height by the head will always give you a mistake. Depending on the angle of your head, you can be taller than somebody. But in an upright posture, your shoulder can determine who is tall. What if, what if the person has a very long neck? <laughs> That's a sickness. <laughs> a man was playing with his son and he, he held the head. And the son's neck stretched like that. Yeah, it has become a deformity. He has like, become like a giraffe. Now, Saul... <laughs> Yeah, there's even child shaking syndrome. Yeah, there's a type of sickness that children suffer. It's neurological when you shake them. Like people who throw babies like that, they are all wrong. Their brain will begin to float in their head. But at a certain point, they are not so mature to do that. What you are doing is that you are having a lot of Activities in the brain is like electricity. They are too young for that kind of aggression. Yeah, yeah. Even touching babies, you can actually create problems for them. Pastor Chris said, do not allow people to touch your babies because children are antennas. And whatever you, whenever people touch them, they transfer things to them. Yeah. They are all mistake teachings. People don't like those type of teachings. It has its place. It makes sense. <laughs> but that is to say that it's a certain things eh? it's, it's easy to do when you have money <laughs> the way you are staying in a compound house you can't say you don't let people touch your children no. it's not possible, <laughs> it's not possible. anyway so the bible says that this Saul was such a very nice man very handsome and he became a king but they had a war with the Philistines. The Philistines were one of the generations of the fallen or giants or the fallen angels. It was like one of the towns the fallen angels had taken over. And the Bible said that the Philistines had a champion. I don't like using the word champion because the only time the word champion was used in the Bible, it was in reference to Goliath. So mostly I, I don't like champion because it doesn't give me a good I mean, picture of the whole thing. So he's the champion. I don't know. I don't see. I don't. 
He was a champion. At most of the transition champion, the new king James, they all use champion. So this champion, the Bible says, began to defile the armies of the Israelites. And that's chapter 17. But David, in his enrage, or in his rage, questioned why anybody would rise up and speak against children of God. How dare you? Our God is too big to be reduced by these cockroaches. So he rose up in strength and in faith and killed this man by name Goliath. When he killed Goliath, he didn't have a cutlass. So he removed Goliath's cutlass and cut off Goliath's head and carried Goliath's head by the hair as his trophy and began to enter into the city. The Bible says that there was a military general by name Abner. Now when you study the mighty men of David, you will come to meet a man by name Abner. These were dangerous people who could kill lions with their raw hands. But they couldn't stand Goliath. They were befuddled by the exploits of David. So the Bible says that this man by name Abner took David to Saul and introduced David properly as the killer of Goliath. The Bible says that as David began to talk to Saul, chapter 18, I think at this point we will have to read some more. He said, he's like, he, 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 was, he, he fell in love with the boy. One of the things I love is, where are you from? Who's your father? Interesting, this man has worked for you before, but you didn't know him. Raising questions about the leadership of Saul. Well, David played instrument for him when distressing spirits will come. But when he killed Goliath, he asked of who he was. As if he has never met him before. Maybe he had forgotten. And many people forget when you do good to them. Now, when he had finished speaking to Saul, look, give me maybe three or so verses before the end of the 17. 17. Maybe 21 or something like that. Because that's when he was talking to Saul. Be 50 something. Okay, 53. The children of Israel returned chasing the Philistines and they planted their tents. And David took the head of the Philistine, brought it to Jerusalem, and put his head and put his armor in his tent. Now, when Saul saw David going out against the Philistines, he said to Abner, the commander of the army, Abner, whose son is this young man? And Abner said, As your soul lives, O king, I do not know. And the king said, inquire whose son this young man is. But you know previously he has asked them to go and talk to his father to bring David. When you read the chapter 16, you see it there. Then, as David returned from the slaughter of the Philistines, Abner took him and brought him before Saul with the head of the Philistine in his hand. And Saul said to him, whose son are you, young man? And David said, 
I am the son of your servant Jesse, the Bethlehemite. And the Bible says in chapter 18 that now when he had finished talking to Saul, the soul of Jonathan was knit to the soul of David. This is what they call the soul tie. When Jonathan saw David, this little boy with the head of Goliath in his hands, perhaps his left hand, as he was talking to Saul, he was holding the, the head of a man who has driven the whole nation away. The head of a man who has made the whole king of Israel whisk his tail in between his legs and gone a hiding. My God. And there he was. A teenager. Holding the head of a giant. Was having a casual discourse. A tete a tete. With the king. I think it would have been admirable if you were there. It would have been a spectacle to behold if you were there. But Jonathan could not stand that beauty and fell in love with David. In theology, there's something called monoeroticism. I heard the baby say, Abba. <laughs> what it means is a man loving a man like a woman would, not homosexuality. Please don't go there. <laughs> he loved David, whom he had never met. So they call it love at first sight. He loved David who was qualified to be his servant because he was the prince. David was a servant. But the Bible says he fell in love with him. Not only that. The Bible says Jonathan loved him as his own soul. Jonathan would be the king if Saul is not alive. The Bible says that he fell so deeply in love with David that he loved David like his own soul. Maybe it's only the love of Christ that can surprise because Christ loved us more than himself. But this one loved us himself. Jesus said, love your neighbor as yourself. That's fundamental teachings of Christ. They are basic. They are not for mature Christians. When it comes to maturity, he says, greater love has no man than this, that a man should lay down his life for his friend. So greater love proper is when you love others more than yourself. And Jesus said that I have given you an example for you to follow. You see some people, they've written it on their shirt. Self-love. Love yourself. Don't, these are all demonic teachings. A Christian cannot be preaching self-love. If we are talking about self-love, who will go for so winning? If we are talking about self-love, who will become a martyr to bring the gospel to us? These are doctrines of demons. And they are very powerful on social media these days. Anybody these days says, 
block them, delete them, self-love. Not tolerating foolish people should not be called self-love. It is supposed to be called wisdom. But the Bible says that Jonathan did not end there. He continued, he said. Now when he had finished, verse 2. Saul took David that day and would not let him go home to his father's house anymore. <laughs> Can I tell you, doors are open by the expression of your assignment. The day you walk in one, one of God's will for your life, you will be shocked doors that are going to be open unto you. David never prayed to be in the palace. He only had to kill Goliath. Saul, when he had finished talking, he left the head there. And he tells her, hey, young man, where are you going? He said, hello, sir, please. I have to go home and look. Go home. Come back. Please. Make sure that he stays in the 12-bedroom house. Everything intact. Give him 89 servants and let them take care of him. <laughs> hey. A day before, this man was in the bush looking after sheep. His vision was taking care of sheep, goat, bleating sheep. Then, Jonathan and David made a covenant because Jonathan loved him as his own soul. And Jonathan continued. The Bible says, in those days, people were identified by their garment. They were the garment of the priest, the garment of the widows, the garment of prostitutes. There was no advertisement. So your address will tell you your address. That is why the book of Proverbs said, you see the woman coming in the garment of, of a harlot. There is an attire that if you are a prostitute, you wear so that you can attract customers. Not that you have been attracted. That's the only way to let people know that you are a prostitute. <laughs> if you are virgin today, they give you a garment to wear. The day you have sex, they remove that garment from you. And if you were a king, all the family members of the king have an attire they wear. The one who will be the king, when the king is not there, also has an attire. It is called the royal robe. And the Bible says that Jonathan in the regalia of the royal robe, he removed it and gave it to David. That's like a handing over service. The day they removed the gown from you in parliament, you cease to be speaker of parliament. And when you come into parliament as a president, there is a garment they will put on you with emblems of Ghana's parliament to show that you are now the controller of the parliament. It is a royal robe. And Jonathan removed this robe and gave it to David. With his armor also, specially designed weapons, because the king is not supposed to die in battle, so they make sure he has, he has enough protection. He gave his armor to David. The Bible says even his sword and his bow, even his belt, the guy stripped himself naked for David. The Bible is telling us about signs of love. 
This is your own that he says he loves you and he has not even bought wig for you before. Could this be love? I have a teaching on it. This is your own that says I love you only when they are having sex. Don't take what people say too serious when they enter into that realm. So David went out. <laughs> Wherever Saul sent him. Oh, I love this. I love this. This man, David, we have a lot to learn from him. The Bible says he went wherever the king went. But that's not my point. The point is that he also behaved wisely. When he has never said stay in the palace before. But he knew when to sit. Where to, he, he just knew it. One of the unwise behavior is when you go with a king somewhere, you sit before him. They have asked the king to the table to go and eat. And you, before you realize, you have started eating. There is high table. There is also the head table. If this is a conference furniture or dining chair, this side and this side is for the VIP in the meeting. Hello? Landed gentry. The head of the table is for the VIP. If he has not sat, you don't sit. Unless his servants ask you to sit and wait. And when he enters, you get up. David knew some of this protocol. Oh, Pastor, but if we sit, why is every sitting not be sitting? Well, well, the last time I check on your graduation, they say participants should be seated 5, 10, 15, 20, 30 minutes before the vice chancellor comes. Why don't you complain? It is called honor. David knew how to honor. Bishop James said he was there and he had a call from the Archbishop Duncan Williams. James, Papa, I'm going to see President Kofo. Let us go. Hey! He was wondering what to wear, what to do. So he said he carried three clothes. Kaftan, suit, semi-casual. So that he would check what Archbishop is wearing. Then he was there. Archbishop sent his driver. And the driver came to pick him. Then he was wondering. Hey. Now I'm not seeing the man. So <laughs> how do I know what to wear? But he said that. When the shepherd was taking him. He sat in front. But the shepherd said no, 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 no. no. You know there's a VIP seat. In the car, uh -huh. the back, the right side is for VIP. The front is for security man, bodyguard. The back, the left side is for the wife or special attendant. <laughs> and then the driver. The VIPs don't drive themselves. Somebody said our church is awkward. I said, you have seen an awkward driving himself before. <laughs> if you are awkward, see the car will be driving. The wife, the essence of the awkward. You went for awkward to be, to be like this. Huh? 
Some of you had a poor, you got 27 over 100. It, 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 what's the sense of the appointment? Huh? <laughs> a poor in English, yet you had 27 over 100. And all the questions who came, not that they didn't come. So, the appointment here, they who could hear appointment here, they. <laughs> so he said, no, 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 no. He will sit at the front. And the driver said, no, 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 Bishop. Bishop, please, you can't sit at the front. Then he said, no. Because he was not sure that that is the car they are going to go with. Or it is the car that is coming to pick him. So not to confuse himself, he sat in front. Which is for the bodyguards. It's not a special seat. Surprisingly, when they got to the bishop's house, that was the car they were taking. Then, when the driver got up, now he got up quickly and he opened for the archbishop. And the archbishop sat down. He closed it and he sat at the front. He said, when they went to Kufu's house, ministers were there, these were there, his friends, who are even colleague pastors, he said some of the young, young pastors had already seated. But he, he got up he went to stand at the corner. And then the ministers and then people told him that, oh, no, no, Bishop, sit down. He said, no, 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 no. Oh, no, no, Bishop, sit down. He said, no, 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 no. When the Archbishop is going to show, he will take his tablet or something, put it down. <coughs> Senior Bishop. After everything, they sat in the car, they were going back. The Archbishop said, Bishop James, you conducted yourself well. You conducted yourself very well. David knew this wisdom. He will never and ever go to Saul's bedroom and put his Bluetooth speaker on. We'll buy two crew. We'll buy two crew. to the whole people and I said some people they can look at their pastors <laughs> then they will even do this <laughs> you don't do that sometimes they can be casual but we have to learn like David and behave wisely David knew when to pick this when to hey hey hey, hey. what a man so the Bible says Saul set him over the men of war and he was accepted in the sight of all the people and also in the sight of Saul's servant. How? That some people's position were taken from them and given to David and still they loved him. This man, see, do we know the wisdom of Solomon? But the wisdom of David is of a kind. Of. How many of you, I want to put it to you. Your maid servant came to your house and took your husband and you decided to be serving her. No matter how kind you are, you can't say, let's share our wife or your, your husband. Will you share like that? But they took from them. Then gave it to David. Still, they were able to. I don't know what did David do that he couldn't provoke them to jealousy. Some of you, yes, here, your pastor, pastor, and from Archbishop. Prophet, actually, 
Then you buy a corresponding towel. For, as, a, as a mantle. Your mantle is like a blanket. <laughs> you don't even have a beloved, but you have started issuing threats. You people, they, they are married. You don't even have a beloved. You say, hey, listen to advice. You may be the reason why people don't pray for you. Because they cannot stand this egregious displeasure of your own. Uh, 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 what is the English word? Now it happened as they were coming home. David was returning from the slaughter of the Philistine. That the women had come out of all the cities of Israel. You know, this, this verse, you can look at it in different ways. In two persons, David You see, first class is useless unless they mention the third class. Until the list of the first class comes, the third. <laughs> David was, the Bible says, the woman came with tambourines, with joy, with musical instruments. So the woman sang as they danced and said, Saul has slain thousands, and David his. Ten thousands. And you move your camera and say, David, you are part one and two. You realize that he was so wise, he never made an enemy. But men made an enemy for him. Some of you, you were very nice to some people until one day, your beloved said that this you should try and be like this lady. When you are sitting here somewhere, and say you should try and be like this lady, and they call a fight for you. Because of that, somebody doesn't like you up to today. The Bible says that Saul was very angry. He brought David to his house. Remember, he told me you can't go back. You remember that? 12 bedroom apartment. <laughs> but the Bible says, the saying displeased him. And he said, they have ascribed to David 10,000. And to me, they have ascribed not just 1,000, only 1,000. Now what more can he have but the kingdom? So saw so I David from that day. Say anybody who has eyed me. May your eyes be turned away. What does it mean to eye somebody? What about that? Do the the English as well. He has eyed him. In other words, he has set himself 
to look for fault from him or about him. Some of you, enkofobia bowa to ho. I say here, odi ejai. Boy, no go pick jano. Na eduwa no betine kakanka. It happened on the next day that the distressing spirit, remember verse 16, from God came upon Saul and he prophesied inside the house. So David played music with his hand as at other times. But there was a spear in David's hand, in Saul's hand. Do you know a spear? A spear is like a javelin with pointed tip. When it hits you, it pierces you through. It comes with a certain force because of its weight. The Bible said that the spear of Goliath was like a weaver's beam. Huge. Some of you are, you are like the arrow in somebody's bow. Your whole self. Some of these giants. <laughs> so cast the spear for his head. Those days we used to have toothpick. We use a uh, raised band. Then when you see a grasshopper, you throw it and he pins it. We learned it from Saul. <laughs> it pierces you through and fastens you to the wall. That was what Saul decided to do to David. But David escaped his presence twice. That means there was a first time he tried killing him. There was a second time he tried killing him. Anybody that has tried to kill you shall escape. If they try hundred times, hundred times you shall escape in the mighty name of Jesus Christ. The Bible says that now Saul became afraid of David. I love a man that the grace of God is upon him. Listen, maybe some of you have not understood it. But even up to this point, David had nothing. He didn't have a throne. He didn't have anything. He was just a servant, yet the king became afraid of him. Saul was afraid of David because the Lord was with him. But the Lord had departed from him. Now how did he form this conclusion? Number one, everything David did prospered. Number two, everything he did was not working. That's a sign that God had, God was the king. And look at the next verse. Therefore, Saul removed him from his presence. Don't come to my palace here. Go and be somewhere else. And made him captive by a thousand and went out and came in before the people. So he was no more coming and going before the king. He was not running errands for the king anymore. And David behaved wisely. He didn't say that. Ah, why has the king done this? 
He didn't go to anybody. And said, all of you, you are the soldiers. See, I went to Burma camp last Wednesday. That was my first time going there. When I got there, that's when I understood that soldiers can actually overthrow a government. The, the, the atmosphere is too powerful. Like when the commander is coming, everybody in the town, Burma camp is bigger than Legon. Everybody stands like a, a, a statue. I even want to use a road I was not supposed to use. <laughs> Me, I was speeding. Uh, the guy was with gun. Oh, he shall not say commando. On some movie, And he just did this. Me, I didn't understand. So I kept going. They stood on there and they said, hey! I didn't understand. So I stopped my car. Because I didn't know what he was saying. So as I was standing there, he said, as you come. Then I drove, uh, he says, may I know who you are? I said, I am Bishop John Winfrey. He said, ah! You are fortunate that you are a bishop. <laughs> You can't use this road. Ordinary human being, you are passing here. When this road is for <laughs> you know how many Lebanon men they have gone to use this road. Do you know the spies that they are trying to use this road? But they've not put any markings there. It's like the laws are not spoken, but they are known. <laughs> But I love the way he respected me. He said, Ah, you are fortunate that you were a bishop. I said, Kamema was sick from Atlantisa. <laughs> and I, I can imagine a homie in my apostolic regalia subjecting me to the, to, to the treatment of the ignobles. Kebeyere. <laughs> But I love David. He, 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 I think that David really had faith in God. He just knew that God will handle it. Don't me not worry myself. He could have just gone to his soldiers. He was a captain of Israel. Let's overthrow Saul. At this time, all of them loved him. He behaved wisely. He never murmured in his head. He behaved wisely. He never spoke. Hey, hey. Are you afraid? I'm not afraid. I'm just joking, eh? Am I not nice to you? Haven't I been nice to you? Whenever I send you, don't I give the change to you? <laughs> Some of you even change, you don't give it out. That's why when you say, who can I send? Everybody vanishes. See <laughs> that man. Some of you, when you eat, you wash your own bowls because of the way you finish the food. But the Bible said David behaved wisely. I love it. He said in all his ways. As he was going in and out in the palace. He saw Saul's daughter. And according to the Bible, he loved her. But he never said anything to the lady. He never proposed to the lady. He never crossed his boundaries. David just knew what to do. A young man that has seen a nice lady like this. Go and shoot He was just quiet. 
always. And the Lord was with him. As the Lord was with him, he was always doing the right thing. Then he said, when Saul saw that he behaved very wisely, he even became more afraid. Like, you can't find problem with him. He will never dis. What's man? I know I can't remember. Who did not tell me? Who was here? Pouch out. At the end, the pouch ran. Nothing, 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 nothing. Huh? Who blew to speak? Oh, you sure? Do you know the shocking thing? The Bible says Israel and Judah also loved him. Because he went out and came in before them. In other words, when the Bible says went out and came in, means serve. He served them. When say he went out and came in before the king, means he was serving the king. Then Saul said to David, You see, at this time, David was looking for opportunity. Saul was looking for opportunity to kill David. But not by his own hands because he had tried it twice, it didn't work. So he decided to give him a promise that would lead him to his death. And this is the promise. Bring me how many? Is it 100? Of the Philistines. Kill 100 of them. And I'll give my daughter to you. It is a king's charge. You can't say, oh, king, I will not do it. They will strip off your military rank. So this is one of the wise behavior. He accepted it. He said, here is my older daughter, Merab. This is not the one David loved. I will give her to you as a wife. Only be valiant for me and fight for the lost battles. For so thought, let my hand not be against him, but let the hand of the Philistines be against him. So David said to Saul, who am I? Who am I? And what is my life? Who am I? And what is my gun going stand somewhere and say, I'm just trying to reference someone. <laughs> what type of allusion is that? <laughs> hey, it's a historical allusion. In reference to a historical figure. So, Chamaun to me is a historical figure. <laughs> Maybe it's a political allusion. I want to miss Alushi. I want to Alushi. Who am I? And what is my life? All my father's family. That I should be a son-in-law to the king. Please, it's too big for me. But it happened at the time when Merab, Saul's daughter, should have been given to David. That she was given to Adriel, the Mehola. My whole latite. <laughs> Actually, it's Mehola. You remember? Uh, 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 Jehu. Uh, I've forgotten their names. Jehu Elisha. And some, something of Abel Mehola. King Kings 1818. Anyway, I know you don't remember. Alright, so the name is Mehola, but Mehola Tight. It's like a Ghanaian is from Ghana. And Mehola Tight is from Mehola. Uh-huh. As a wife. Not as a man, Robert David, you. 
Do you know so one cause strike one yet demonstration one kasambo? Some of you, when you even hear that you love somebody which you have not disclosed, and another person MJA suggests somebody nah. Have you seen a dog eating soap before? <laughs> anyway, anyway. Now, Michal, Saul's daughter. Some people's love to you is actually a temptation. Some people's kindness to you actually is like a battle. Sometimes who loves you can be the reason for your battle. It has so many precedents in scripture. For instance, Joseph, his parents loved him. It became an issue with his brothers. Yes. Bical, Saul's daughter loved David. What is so unique about David that everybody loves him? Have you thought of it before? And the Bible says that when it happened, they told Saul, and the thing pleased him. He was so excited. So Saul said, okay, I will give her to him that she may be a snare to him and that the hand of the Philistines may be against him. Therefore, Saul said to David a second time, you shall be my son-in-law today. And Saul commanded his servants, communicate with David secretly and say, look, the king has delight in you and all his servants love you. Now therefore, Become the king's son-in-law. In other words, I am sending some people to just send him a bait. Oh, 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 Now yeah, yeah, na branti di kokain e paye. Amfa. Amfa nka kwa nutume na wasa coach na be bisre. Pesa na o sheda. Oni subai. Oni amoho. Did I speak in relative tree? You don't understand it. Don't worry. When you remove your glasses, you understand. <laughs> Saul's servant spoke those words in the hearing of David. But look at David. This man was so much discerning. He says, they came to him and said, hey, Dave, do you know something? The king wants to give his daughter Michal to you. And the lady girl loves you so much. I don't know, but the king seems to love you so much. He's always talking about you. And he has even promised to give his daughter to you. Charlie, we are happy for you. If we could get just one of the chances you have been throwing away wastefully. Charlie, Kabanaya, make you. And David said to them, does it seem to you a light thing to be a king's son-in-law 
It's like saying, so you people think it's just an easy thing. It's like he's not so much moved. He, he was stable. See, I'm a poor and lightly esteemed man. <laughs> and the servants of Saul told him, saying, in this matter, in this manner, David spoke. And Saul said, Thus, you shall say to David, the king does not desire any dowry. Until David But only 100, do you know the first king of the Philistines? <laughs> but what it means is that David has to wanzamanize. <laughs> By the way, in those days, only the Jews were circumcising. It is a unique thing to Jews. All the others were not circumcised. It was later science proved that it is a healthy thing. So they decided to make it as part of public health to circumcise babies. They didn't know that it's a good thing. It was God who told them to do it. So only the Israelites were having circumcision. But the rest didn't circumcise. And you have to kill them. Circumcise them. And their skin will bring it. Because I said, so what the other day? Hey! In the family. We are all one sum. We are dim day and venue watching. So trim to remove the foreskin of one hundred Philistines. It will not be as you. So I think that the only way is to kill them. Because they will not allow you to come and circumcise them like that. <laughs> I just abranted three more things. That's why when I talk about signs of a difficult leader, bad leadership and good fellowship, I talk about reasonable demands. All of these things make you a very foolish and wicked leader. Who do you Who see you now? I say, oh, and Krano, teacher, you are a class teacher, talkatives. What's the money now? I'm going to send you to the movie. Like, what do you get? to take vengeance of the king's enemies. But Saul thought to make David fall by the hand of the Philistines. So when his servants told David these words, it pleased David well to become the king's son-in-law. <laughs> now the days had not expired. David said, eh, Sadiyaniba is freely like that they are. I'll do it. So David arose and went. He and his men. And killed not hundred, two hundred men. David, I am Rosos. He said, David, I am Rosso. Hey! When I 
free to go and march. Jesus said, go to. Why did you hit and stop at Israel? Go seven. They asked for your sins. You have added a verse. When your in-law says you want a bride price 500, at least if you can make it thousand, make it 700. It's a message to them. That's what I did actually. With my bride price, they mentioned that I should bring any amount. And the amount I went to it, it was heavy. They didn't mention anything. They said any amount. And I went with 3,000. Then I started to give the abort sewing machine. And I added it. The sewing machine is in my house right now. I see what I say. I, I say, Uchim no crema. Obit in a back of school, I could do university. Uchia bride price 15,000. Now complaining. 15,000. Now complaining. Uniska, Uniska, Kodila, so. Ebedro, so. Hey, Pastor, this is the level, the direction the message is going. If we don't take a pastor, we'll change his preaching on marriage. Oh, but I mean, what is a wedding without refreshment? Especially when there's a rooftop with a refreshment. If not going down recently, we are even creating a whole sink and everything, a kebab stand. To be roasting kebab, you can connect gas to it. And you are going wedding reception. Into wedding reception, you may say, yeah, ma. Uncle Toto Rem, two cities, two cities now. What do you say, baby? Sabra, I come. It's a wedding ring, a meeting touch, yeah, ma. By the way, Sabrina in the Ghana meeting task, yeah, you're in the office. Yeah, you're not sorry them. You uh, uh, you don't know the church auditorium. Stress in quite free, I could do that. Oh god, I had to have to When they are president meeting, I'm not sure what to say. Oh man, this one the time of the dream. Yeah, it's true. I'm not gonna send this Sunday school for teacher for my bear wedding, baba. Salvation was by grace, but we are going by works. Hey, what are you talking about? Wedding budget a mere hundred thousand by senior coordinators. do the wedding in Kwenyango because um the sparkash you wanna cry. Because that time will free. We need to come and go across the wedding. You na cry moving picking on your foot in your can can you engine or could you go to every 
For the love devotional to account, and all the bookmark and ship, and what you are, who needs a car chai? Divorce a couple was David brought their foreskins. I wonder how it what it was like. What did they put it inside? How do they call it here? Like the intestinals, like the entrails. People call it Nama Nama, the uh, Yamadia, like entrails. <laughs> hey, you are brand new Philistine, Nama Nama. <laughs> the Bible said they gave them in full count. That's what shocked me. In full count means that. Oh, the other, you know, you know what to do. What's that? What? No, 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 Hey! Sadia, Kuna, 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 Kuna,
I'm so down with that. They were counting. They counted it. David the bride price a wotia. What the number number tia fried rice? Eh, bride price. Tia two hundred ma konta. Osi a konta ni a konta di odi yere. Oni ni abema. Oni ni abema. Oni ni abema. Ne ma me ma ni na ya ma ko. Oni ni abema. Just pay seven hundred cities at bride price to the man to what the number two prayer card is. What vampire could not watch it? I tell you, I tell you, make a time at all, make a time at all. Hey, Sika Sam, then Saul gave him Mikal, his daughter, as a wife. If they meet David and say, "Now, oh, so who do you have the end? They go, they go, I resolve. I can say, me mauhene na manama. Thus, Saul saw and knew that the Lord was with David. That means that by this, he concluded that God was with this guy. Saul might have fallen, but he knew the ways of God and could tell this is a sign God is with somebody. But this Mikad lady, he loved David. And Saul was still more afraid. So Saul became David's enemy continually. Ask yourself, why? What did he do? Because of some praises from some people. Then the princes of the Philistines went out to war. And so it was whenever they went out that David behaved more wisely. David behaved more wisely than all the servants of Saul. So that his name became highly esteemed. What was he doing? I wish the scriptures had given us. But when you read the Psalms, when he was talking about his battles and some of his writings, you can see traces of how he did it. But I wish we could have gotten some full details to, to know what, what did he do. Now Saul spoke to Jonathan, his son, and to all his servants that they should kill David. But Jonathan, Saul's son, delighted greatly in David. Pray the right prayers. Lord, let men delight in me. Set your seal upon me. Let me be a pleasant experience. Jonathan told David, my father seeks, he will even mention his name so that you don't mean words. My father saw, he doesn't have two fathers. You want to be specific. My father saw, seeks to kill you. Therefore, please be on your guard until morning. And stay in a secret place and hide. I'm talking about a friend. Then he said, I will go out and stand beside my father in the field where you are. And I will speak with my father about you. Then what I observe, I will come and tell you. If he's still angry or he has changed his mind. Thus Jonathan spoke well of David to Saul, his father. And said to him, 
This is, Jonathan spoke well of David. So what did he say? It is here. Let not the king sin against his servant, against David, because he has not sinned against you. And because his works have been very good towards you. For he took his life in his hands and killed the Philistine Goliath. And the Lord brought a great deliverance for all Israel. You saw it and you rejoiced. Why then will you sin against an innocent blood to kill David without a cause? Anytime I pray, one of my prayers, the Lord still my anxious edge towards rebellion. Because whenever you are going wayward, God sends somebody to you. But we are bent on our ways. God sent Jonathan to his father. Go and rebuke him and speak truth to him. They say speak truth to power. It has become a very common Ghanaian term. So, he did the voice of Jonathan and Saul swore, as the Lord lives, I will not kill David again. Then Jonathan called David and Jonathan told him all these things. So Jonathan brought David to Saul and he was in the presence as in times past. But remember, and there was war again. David went out and fought the Philistines and struck them with a mighty blow and they fled from him. Now the distressing spray from the Lord came upon Saul as he sat in his house and his spear was in his hands and David was playing music with his hand. Then Saul sought to pin David to the wall with the spear. But he slipped from Saul's presence. And he drove the spear into the wall. Zing! Then the, 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 the spear entered like that. That you can even do seesaw on it. <laughs> David slept and escaped that night. It was in the night. Saul also sent messengers to David's house to watch him and to kill him in the morning. And Michal, David's wife, told him, saying, if you do not save your life tonight, tomorrow you'll be killed. Michal let David down through a window and he went and fled and escaped. I don't know how you see God, but he will save you. Even from very unsuspecting places, he will send you help. If anybody should help David, should it be Saul's children? First his son, now his daughter. The impunity. Mikal took an image and laid it in the bed and put a cover of goat's hair on it and covered it with clothes, making it look like David was still lying in bed. So when Saul sent messengers to take David, she said, David is sick. Then Saul sent the messenger back to see David, saying, bring him up to me in the bed, that I may kill him. And when the messengers had gone, there was the image in the bed with a cover of goat's hair for his head. Now listen carefully. Then Saul said to Michal, why have you deceived me like this and sent my enemy away so that he has escaped? And Michal answered Saul, he said to me, let me go. Why should I kill you? In other words, he threatened to kill me. So David fled and escaped and went to Samuel at Ramah and told him all that Saul had done to him. And he and Samuel went and escaped. Samuel said, what? The man has risen against you like that. Charlie, 
Bring my khaki. <laughs> Quickly. Because Samuel is a prophet. He knew what was going on. It's a spirit that has possessed him. That spirit wanted to terminate divine agenda. Because the scepter should not depart from Judah. David was the 10th generation man to enter into the lineage. And he had to be a king at that time. And the devil wanted to terminate the kingship order. He entered into Saul. That's why I said that you have to study the scriptures. Well. That distressing spirit couldn't have come from God. Who is the same person trying to deliver David? Does that make sense? The same thing they said, and the devils incited David to count the people. The devil, God incited David to count. Why can't the same Bible say that it is God? Another Bible says the devil. You have to study the scriptures in light of the spirit. David fled and escaped. Next verse. Now it was told Saul, saying, Take note, David is at north in Ramah. I'm about to close. And Saul sent messengers to take David. And when they saw the group of prophets prophesy, and someone standing as leader over them, the Spirit of God this time around came upon the messengers of Saul, and they also began to prophesy. People who have been sent on a, a distraction mission. And Saul told them, he sent other messengers, and they prophesied likewise. Then Saul sent messengers again the theater, and this time around, they prophesied the 22. Then he also went to Ramah and came to the great war. Well, that is at, so he said, where are Samuel and David? And someone said, indeed, they are not in Ramah. Okay. And he went there in Ramah. The, the spirit of God was upon him also. And he too prophesied until he came to Naoth in Ramah. And he stripped off his clothes and prophesied before Samuel in like manner. And lay down naked all day, that day and all that night. Therefore they say, is Saul also among the prophets? Then David fled and went and said to Jonathan, what have I done? What is my iniquity? And what is my sin before your father that he seeks my... You see, he was not... Do you know to seek? To seek is to search. Searching for every means to kill him. What have I done? So Jonathan said, by no means you shall not die. Indeed, my father will do nothing, either great or small, without first telling me. And why should my father hide this thing from me? It is not so. Then David took an oath again and said, Your father certainly knows that I have found favor in your eyes. And he has said, Do not let Jonathan know this, lest he be grieved. But truly, as the Lord lives and as your soul lives, there is but a step between me and death. What a prophet. He even told him why his father didn't tell him. <laughs> Jonathan said to David, Whatever you yourself desire, I will do it for you. David said to him, tomorrow is the new moon and I should not fail to sit with the king to eat. But let me go that I may hide in the field until the third day at evening. We are about to close. That's what I'm reading very fast. If your father misses me at all, then say, David earnestly asked permission of me that he might run over to Bethlehem, his city. For there is a yearly sacrifice there for all the family. In other words, if your father misses and asks of me, just said, I've gone to sacrifice. If he says it is well, you are servant to be safe. But if he is very angry, be sure that evil is determined by your father. Therefore, you shall deal kindly with your servant, for you have brought your servant into a covenant of the Lord with you. Nevertheless, if there is iniquity, you may kill me yourself. For why should you bring me to your father? But Jonathan said, far be it from me. 
if I knew certainly that evil was determined by my father to come upon you, then would I not tell you? David said to Jonathan, who will tell me? Or what if your father answers you roughly? Jonathan said to David, come, let us go over to the field. So both of them went out into the field. We are about to close. Jonathan said to David, the Lord God of Israel is a witness. When I have sounded out my father's when I have sounded out my father sometime tomorrow, or the third day, and indeed there is good toward David, and I do not send to you at all and tell you. May the Lord do so and much more to Jonathan, if it pleases my father to do you evil. Then I will report it to you and send you away, that you may go in safety, and the Lord be with you as he has been with my father. And you shall not only show me the kindness of the Lord while I still live, that I may not die. In other words, if I don't do this, I will die. And if it is to go well with you, please don't kill me. Because I've shown you kindness. But you shall not cut off your kindness from my house forever. No. When the Lord has cut off every one of the enemies of David, that included his father. So Jonathan literally said, when God has killed your, my father, has killed me, and has killed all my family members, Next verse. He made a covenant with the house of David, saying, let the Lord require it at the hands of David, David's enemies. Now, Jonathan again caused David to vow because he loved him. For he loved him as he loved his own soul. Jonathan said to David, tomorrow is the new moon and you'll be missed because your seat will be empty. Then, when you have stayed three days, go down quickly to come to the place where to, you hide on the day of the deed and remain by the stone Ezel. He set a stone there. Then I will shoot three arrows by the side as though I shoot at a target. And there I will send a lad saying, go find the arrows. If I expressly say to the lad, look, the arrows are on the side of you. Get them and come. Then let the Lord, then as the Lord lives, there is safety for you and there is no harm intended by my father. But if I say to that young child, look, the arrows are beyond you, go your way, for the Lord has sent you away. Ask, and ask for the matter which you and I have spoken of. Indeed, the Lord be between you and me forever. And David hid in the field. And when the moon had come, the king sat down to eat the feast. Now, the king sat the feast as other times. As Jonathan arose and Abner sat by Saul's side, but David's place was empty. Nevertheless, Saul did not say anything that day, for he thought something has happened to him. Maybe he's unclean, has committed some sin. He said, sanctify himself. Surely he will come the following day. It happened the next day that, they said the second day of the matter, David's place was empty again, and Saul said to Jonathan, his son, why has the son of Jesse not come to eat, either yesterday or today? So Jonathan answered Saul, David earnestly asked permission of me to go to Bethlehem. And he said, please let me go, for our family has a sacrifice in the city, and my brother has commit, commanded me to be there. Now, if I have found favor in your eyes, please let me get away, see my brothers. Therefore, he has come to the king's table. He has not come to the king's table. The Bible says, Saul's anger was aroused against his son Jonathan. And he said to him, you son of a perverse, rebellious woman. That's why I said, don't insult your woman. Don't. 
is not right. Don't fight. It's not right. If you are here, your wife can beat you. You have a problem. Start going to the gym. And ensure she doesn't beat you. But make sure you don't beat her. It's not right. Do I not know? I wanted to say a lot, but the situation is somewhere. Do I not know that you have chosen the son of Jesse to your own shame? And to the shame of your mother's nakedness. It's like when you man your fetish on mommy. So I say we say For as long as the son of Jesse lives on the earth, you shall never be established. Nor your kingdom. In other words, you will never be a king if we don't kill David. Now therefore, send and bring him to me. For he will surely die. Jonathan answered, So I love this guy his father, and said to him, why should he be killed? What has he done? Then that spear, you remember the history of it? He threw it at Jonathan to kill his own son. That is to say, he was not fighting for Jonathan to become a king. Some people have gone every length to get you to do masters, but it is not because they love you. It will be proven the day you say you will not go their direction, but you want to serve God. That's why you see that your parents didn't love you. They wanted you to become something. They say, oh, as soon as his mother is coming, as soon as his father is coming. The love of men is selfish. Even your wife who is cooking for you, come to my castle. Remember that book? All the men, when suddenly you can't perform, your wife begins to cook well. Because he's making her chicken fat for Christmas. Most of the time, the life of men are very selfish. You see, oh, this boy is very good. He's always buying me things. You think he's going to buy you things. The day you say you're not married, you see that he will poison you and you see That's why if you don't love somebody, don't be taking the person's gifts. It's against the teachings of this church. That you know the boy loves you and you are taking his gift. You are becoming a prostitute because it is not every prostitute who exchanges sex for favors. When I studied recently about cheating, they said that there's emotional cheating. Which means you are having emotional satisfaction devoid of sex. Outside of your marriage. In other words, when you are sad, there's somebody who makes you happy. What about your spouse? So you're emotionally cheating. Yeah. From the opposite sex. Then Saul cast a spear at him. Then Saul cast a spear. No, let's go back. At him to kill him. By which Jonathan knew, Chale, my father will kill this boy. You remember the arrows when I shoot? <laughs> then Saul says, Then Jonathan arose from the table in fierce anger, ate no food the second day of the month, for he was grieved for David because his father had treated him shamefully. 
So it was in the morning that Jonathan went out into the field at the time appointed with David with a little lad with his hands. He said to him, this lad, now run. Find the arrows which I shoot. As the lad ran, he shot an arrow beyond him. So he kept running. Then the lad had come to the place where the arrows was, which Jonathan had shot. Jonathan cried out after the lad and said, Is not the arrow beyond you? As I see the baby running for the arrow, can run for your life? Jonathan cried after the lad. Make haste, hurry. Do not delay. So Jonathan's lad gathered up the arrows and came back to his master. But the lad did not know anything. Only Jonathan and David knew this connection. Then Jonathan gave his weapons to his lad and said to him, go carry them to the city. This is the conclusion. David came out to see him. As soon as the lad had gone, David arose from a place toward the south, fell on his face to the ground, and bowed down three times and kissed one another. And they wept together. But David more so. In other words, David wept more. When we go to heaven, we'll be watching movies. Raw, real life movies. And we'll see the setting. And whatever that is going on, we perceive it in our emotions. So we feel what they were feeling. If they were crying, we also start crying. Oh. Every tear that has come out of your eyes in obedience to God. One day you'll be surprised that men are going to cry more than you did. This heaven we are going, no word can describe it. No word. Some of you, the difficulties from which you are serving God, even angels are admiring you. Jonathan said to David, go in peace. Since we have both sworn in the name of the Lord, say, may the Lord be, within, be between you and me. And between your descendants and my descendants forever. So he arose and departed. And Jonathan went into the city. Now David came to Nob. To Ahimelech the priest. And Ahimelech was afraid. When he met David and said to him. Why are you alone? And no one is with you. Where are your soldiers? So David said to Ahimelech the priest. The king has ordered me. On some business and said to me. Do not let anyone know anything about the business which I sent you. What I have commanded you. And I have directed my young men to search and search a place. Now therefore, what have you in hand? Give me loaves of bread in my hand. Or whatever can be found. And the Bible said, the priest answered David and said, there is no common bread. Because there is a common bread and the sacred bread. The sacred bread was in the temple dedicated for only the priest. It was at this time David ate bread of the priest. Authenticating his priestly ministry. That he was the priest of God. Jesus quoted this. When he was on this earth. Do you have a Jonathan in your life? Though it may tarry. But may the Lord send you one. Jump to your feet and let's pray. I wish that Jonathan will be your husband. I wish that Jonathan will be your wife. I wish that Jonathan will be a friend in church. Somewhere, somehow, may the Lord send you a Jonathan. Say, oh Lord, send me a Jonathan. In Jesus' name. Oh Lord, make me a Jonathan. Both prayers are valid. Lift up your voice and pray to God.
you need this prayer than ever. Every phase of your life, every season of your life, a Jonathan may appear in police station. He may appear in court. A Jonathan may appear in one place or another. Lift up your voice. Say, oh Lord, make me a Jonathan. Send me a Jonathan. The grace of God is at work in your life. Lift up your voice and pray with a little bit of strength. A little more of energy. Proud to God. Oh Lord, for as you were with David, so you shall be with me. Lift up your voice and pray right now. The Lord will be with you. When men deny you, the Lord will be with you. When men reject you, you shall not be rejected by the Lord. But he sent you a helper. He has not called to put us to shame. You shall not be held by. Your past will not become a bondage. In the mighty name of the Lord Jesus. Are you praying down? Hallelujah. Anywhere help is needed. May the Lord come in for you. May the Lord come in for you. Anyone here you have been attacked, help has been denied you. We declare, let there be an end to any battle in your life. In the name of Jesus, in the mighty name of Jesus, in schooling you shall be helped. In your ministry you shall be helped. In your career you shall be helped. Where the help of men cannot reach, may the Lord himself be your helper. May the Lord himself be your helper. In the mighty name of Jesus. Say thank you Jesus. For help from above. Thank you Jesus. Now lift your voice and give him praise. Give him thanks.